Welcome to the Creative Giant Show, where we go behind the scenes about what it means to live a life full of creative and professional success. Creative giants are talented, renaissance souls with a compassion-fueled bias towards action. Now, here is your host, Charlie Gilkey. Hello, Creative Giants. I'm Charlie Gilkey, host of the Creative Giant Show, and I'm jazzed to have Jake Ducey join me today on the show. In 2013, Jake Ducey, a 19-year-old college dropout, independently released his first book entitled Into the Wind, about quitting college basketball to backpack the world. Without a publisher or budget, he made it to the top 300 of all books on Amazon. The book became a viral sensation, enabling then-21-year-old Jake to build a strong and loyal online following, give a TEDx talk, and travel the nation to speak to over 100 schools and corporations in just a year and a half. The demand for more of Jake started almost immediately. So a year later, Jake secured a publishing deal with Penguin Random House for his second book, The Purpose Principles. It became the largest deal of its kind for the iconic publishing house. At 22, Jake is the youngest motivational author to ever sign a book deal with that house. The Purpose Principles was released in January 2015 with a foreword by Jack Canfield of the Chicken Soup for the Soul series. In spring 2015, Jake will embark on one of the largest book tours ever, spanning across three countries, the United States, Canada, and Australia. The journey includes Ducey hopping on the world's biggest music and arts festival, the Warped Tour. Ducey will tour 52 cities in 70 days before heading to Australia. The entire tour will be filmed and produced into a major documentary about his generation by the first executive producer of American Idol, Brian Gadinsky. But what many people love most about Ducey's story is what he considers his greatest accomplishment. That he has used the money he's made to help build an orphanage in Guatemala and has a young Guatemalan boy, now his godson, named after him. Jake, thanks so much for the work you do and for being on the show today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Alrighty, so I kind of read a little bit. You were a college dropout, so you know we always love those dropout stories because it, it proves that even everybody can can succeed. I'm not teasing. I'm I'm actually quite serious. Like, there's this track that we think people need to be on, and there's an infinite amount of other tracks that one might be on to be able to live a happy life. So that's cool. But tell me, how does that work out for people who haven't read the book or don't know anything about you? How do you go from playing college basketball to backpacking the world. It all started because I was in economics class and in college. And, you know, I was a, I did, I was a top recruit in San Diego out of high school for basketball. And I kind of played sports just to get by in school. But when I got to college, I was, I was actually curious about learning something. And I was in economics and I'm asking my teacher why we can't audit the Federal Reserve right after, you know, all these things with the bailouts were occurring and especially, you know, as a 23 year old now, a 19 year old at the time, studying business and economics, I wanted to know these things that were going to affect our economic future. But you're not allowed to ask those questions. And it's, uh, you know, there's only so much time and so much textbook material to be covered in a classroom. So I found learning in the education system wasn't most conducive to my learning. I found Jack Canfield's book, The Success Principles, a few other books. And when I read them, it was like, we all know like, okay, well, you know, you can create anything. You can be who you want to be. You can do this, that. I was like, if this is real, why am I like sitting here right now? You know, we're, we're 
go to, on the weekends and we, we do sporting games where we make some cash, I save that. And once I'm going to get off campus, off the dorms, then I'm going to have to like rent a place and like, what am I doing? I realize most of us are gambling on the biggest risk of all. And that's that bet. Like one day, then one day I can do what I want to do. And it was really just like, well, I can always go back to school, but I can't go back on never doing what I want to do. And that was the, the mindset behind, behind it. I was reading inspirational books, but there was a difference between learning it and living it. Learning it was memorizing all these quotes, reading all these books, but showing up every day where I didn't want to be when I, when I had the power to not be there if I took action in spite of my fear. Living it was taking action in spite of fear. And that was really what prompted my decision to really step totally off the path. And like Ralph Waldo Emerson says, make your own trail. So you made your own trail. Now, how does that turn into a book? It turned into a book because uh, I just thought, you know, I was, va- I was vagabonding, you know, and, and just had a backpack. And part of me was like, maybe I'm never going to come back. I don't want to go back there. Like it's, we're living for all the wrong reasons. I was very idealistic and, um, I was traveling in Indonesia. I'm with my friends, these locals that I met and we're climbing up these rocks in the middle of nowhere on an Island called Lombok. You can't hear anything. You can't see a building anywhere. It's pouring rain. We're climbing up rocks to a waterfall. Boom. And I slip and I fall. And when I fall, I could see specifically my travels flash before my eyes. Like if I get hurt right now, I'm out here on the other side of the world, but I'm okay with that because I was making my own choices. I was living on my own terms and like, boom, I got like stuck in between the crevice on the side of the rocks. And after about like 30 minutes, these guys were able to pull me out and like a few inches here and there, I could have hit my head. I could have slipped. I could have fallen down more rocks. Like we're out in the middle of nowhere. Like, I definitely flirted a bit, quite a lot with the impermanence and and temporary nature that we have here. And that made me realize like, it wasn't about quitting everything and going to the next country. It was about making a difference. That's where I was going to find that meaning that, you know, as Picasso says, maybe the purpose of life is to find your gift and then share it with others. And I realized I had this interesting story from these experiences I learned, you know, um, far removed from from western civilization and just that i thought it'd be something that inspired people i also thought it'd be fun for me and i said you know if this works out for me i'm going to build an orphanage for guatemala the people i met firstly there so i have my intentions going into it failed junior english class in high school i could never write and i i believe that it's not about how skilled you are um, or how smart you are, or what you think you know, it really comes down to knowing why you're doing it and your intentions. So I taught myself how to write, got a book out after no one would publish it, filled my car up with books, sold them door to door. It ended up hitting the Amazon bestseller list and everything just kind of like took off from building it from the ground. So you had this two year period between quitting and writing the book. When it came out, yeah. When it came out. Yeah. So... How do you like economically fund your life and things like that during that period? Well, what we do for college basketball is you basically do the chain gang for football, for soccer, for stuff like that. And you get, you know, 350 bucks every weekend uh, while playing sports. You know, that's money you're never spending because every all your meals, everything's covered with for you. So I had money that, you know, I throw 20 bucks, 40 bucks on like 
getting drunk on the weekends, but I, that's what my money was going to go for. You know, I had five, six grand that was like slowly starting to build up that I was like, whoa, am I just going to like use it to party? And so I funded it by that. And then I think the reason I got the book out so fast is because it was either get a nine to five, go back to school, go back to school and take out student loan debt and be like, that was a fun trip, you know, go back on the traditional route again, or like get this book out. And that's why I went door to door to people's houses. And like, I was, I was selling books to live basically. Yeah. So nothing like what both a near death experience and hunger to motivate you to sell your book. (laughs) And I think just like realizing like, Bonnie Ware, she's a she's a nurse that counseled people just before they were dying, thousands and thousands of people, and she surveyed them. She found out like what are the common regrets between the dying. And number one was I wish I would have let myself be happier. Number two was I wish would I would have lived life on my own terms. And I think that when we recognize, like and we really take that in, like most people are dying, realizing their whole life was a waste of time. And like when we're in the Western world, we're so, we we have an incredible opportunity. We have the internet, like we're not going to wake up and like get nuked by like terrorists and like all these like crazy things happening in the world. Like we can really take advantage of that. And that was a motivating factor for me. So you went from getting caught in the crag and then having your buddies get you out of that to near broke selling the book. Um, and then hitting the Amazon bestsellers sort of list on that. How did you get hooked up with, say, Jack Canfield and, and um, John Gray? Jack is the forward, the story of how we met the forward to my book, The Purpose Principles, which my new book is called The Purpose Principles because four years ago I read The Success Principles by Jack Canfield. And the crazy story how we met was that I was listening to, you know, we all heard like, write down your dreams. And so I learned something a little bit more out of that. I always wanted to meet Jack Canfield and I'm listening to his audio tape and he's like, write down your top 101 goals. I'm like, "Uh, I'll just play the game. So I write it down. Number nine is to become endorsed by Jack Canfield, become friends with him. Number nine, I write this down. Six months goes by I have my first print copies of my self-published book, Into the Wind. I'm so excited. And someone calls me and they say, Jake, you got to come to this event in LA. I was living in San Diego. Got to come to this event in LA. Jack Canfield is emceeing it. So I go and I buy the ticket online. I have one thing in my car, a signed book to Jack Canfield. I put on uh, my, my nicest clothes that I had and I headed in there and The first thing I realized two things and they were both negative. The first thing was that I wasn't dressed up wearing a corduroy's uh, suit with a wrinkled blue shirt and no tie. And the second thing I realized it was going to be really hard to meet him when there's 500 people in this event. Everyone's trying to get a picture with this guy. But I knew if I wanted to reach that goal of, of becoming friends with him and receiving that endorsement, I needed rapport, which wasn't going to happen in a four second, like smile. Okay. Next in line, smile. There's no time. So I'm sitting on the top level of this huge ballroom and I'm just like watching him. And uh, eventually I'm realizing the whole time it's not the right time. Too many people. He doesn't have time to chat. He finally is like, all right, pretty soon we're going to be eating dinner. And he heads down to his seat. I'm like, I'm going for it. So I like head down the stairs. I run down there. And just before I walk over to him, someone sits up, someone 
out of their seat and like goes to shake his hand and kind of like blocks it. I'm like, oh. And so he ends up walking back to his seat. And so I'm thinking, um, this is like my 10 seconds of courage. Like I gotta go right now. He's out of seat, these little circular seats of five. I walk up, hi Jack, my name's Jake Ducey. I'm 19 and I wrote this book. Uh, and I say, you inspire me. He says, how did I inspire you? And I said, you say in your book, SWSWSW, some will, some won't, so what? Someone's waiting. So every time someone said no to me, I said next. And I realized that uh, most people don't get what they want because they don't ask for it. And he's like, you should meet my wife. So he turns to his, he's laughing and he turns to his left and taps his wife on the shoulder. Turns out my mom and her went to high school together. He's like holding my book and it's uh, minutes are going by. And the waiter comes over to put the food on their table. And I'm like, oh, I missed my shot. Like, I don't want to annoy them. They're going to eat now. He's had things going on. So like, I'm like, Wrap, wrapping up the conversation, like turning around. And he goes, excuse me, are you gonna eat that? And I was so excited and so wrapped up in the moment, I didn't realize that there's no empty seats in this whole place. And the person to his left, left early. And they still put the food on the table. And so I sat down, ate with him and, and stayed at the table. We built this friendship and and he ended up writing the forward to the new book and endorsing Into the Wind. Chicken, Into the Wind is one wonderful chicken soup for the soul story. So it was this crazy thing where I realized that even though this voice in our head is like, how? How do I reach that goal? How is that going to be possible? When you write your goals down, there's a certain magic that happens. And you just have to tell that fear voice, like, I believe that something else will come. Like something like miracles can happen. That's how it happened. It reminds me, I, I wrote a post a few years ago called History, Luck, and Intention. Because when we look at our life, like some people are like, oh, you're just lucky. And you're never just lucky, right? Or, oh, I'm a product of my history. Or he's a product of his history. You're never just a product of your history. And then there's intention. But I've kind of rephrased it a lot to include that it's now HILT, H-I-L-T. Because there's this tenacity piece, right? History, intention, luck, and tenacity. Right. And, and in that particular case, you had all of those sort of mixed in there. Right. So you had a little bit of history with your mom and all this sort of the way that it came up. The intention, like, I'm going to make it happen. Um, the luck just that the guy left. Um, but the tenacity yeah. just to take that 10 second of courage. So that's a great story. Like just, of, you know, why, why people sometimes, well, to use Canfield, some will, some won't like go, go through all of that. Right. Alrighty. So, um, you wrote this book. Tell us about your life a little bit between the um, Into the Wind and the Purpose Principles. And what's that been like for you? I had to self-publish Into the Wind. No one would take the book. So um, I was just, I went on the, I went to coffee shops, like where like one, like where there's like a book reading and sometimes I'd have one person there and he's like face, like not even looking at me. Sometimes like I'd go to somewhere and speak to 300 people the next day, no one shows up, but I was doing like two speeches a day uh, for like two or three months anywhere, just drove all over the place, kind of living out in and out of my car at hotels. Then I gave the TED talk um, that people found out about me, the TEDx youth event, and it really took everything to the next level because I started being able to get in front of bigger audiences. and. Then after I met Jack, I got the inspiration for the new book. And so 
how it's been is I'm seeing all the things that I used to read about where I was like, I wonder if this is true. You know, that like, if you just hold visions long enough and you're patient and you work really hard, but most specifically you work on yourself harder than your work. And when you do those things, like everyone says from Zig Ziglar to like a famous actor to an author to a poet, from Ralph Waldo Emerson to Oprah, like everyone's saying these things and I'm seeing the realizations like miracle after miracle. I'm emceeing the Warp Tour in front of 600,000 millennials this summer. I'm doing a huge high school tour, 50 high schools this spring. Like these things that I wrote on pieces of paper like three years ago and I was always like, God, should I like erase that? Is that ever gonna happen? Like when we keep taking steps, incredible things happen. So I guess I just been uh, I've been really grateful to see um, to see the unfoldment of, of things like that. Let's talk about Guatemala. What what inspired you to really you know use some of the money that you make to build an orphanage in Guatemala, and, and really what was the impetus there? One thing that I learned is that. When my first book, Into the Wind, came out, I was so excited when I'm staring at my computer and I saw my book in the top 300 on Amazon. I was so crazy about it that I screenshotted myself, one above Into the Wind or one above Into the Wild and one behind Eat, Pray, Love, like these books that have sell millions of copies. And like I thought I was someone because for 90 seconds in the Amazon real time rankings, I sold more copies at 11.17 than them. And so when I woke up the next morning, that feeling was gone, that, that achievement, short lived achievement gone. And I was like, man, what do I do? And then I got like my first Amazon royalty check and I was like, never mind. I got my first royalty check and like went and deposited that. I'm like, woo, you know, and, and headed back, you know, same thing happened. The feeling was gone, you know, like. I'm sure that's happened to many of us. We put the paycheck in the account and it turns into a number that doesn't love us back. And it got me thinking, why did I do this? Why did I do this? And that was Lake Adilong, Guatemala. These like gorgeous rolling green hills was the first place I came to coming down in the back of like this white old taxi, this driver Pablo had like his Bob Marley shirt on and we're weaving through these rolling hills in, in the mountains and we come down into this lake and there's 12 villages around it, the three San Pedro volcanoes that imploded on themselves and form one of the biggest um, lakes out in Central America. And I took a little dinghy, that's how you travel, like this little dinghy across the boats. And we get to this town, San Marcos. We pull up at the wobbly dock, all the kids are out in front and they're just like so happy. But I'm quick to realize like they have the same shoes every day, the same shirt every day, the shoes have holes, they're smiling, but they have infections in their mouth from their teeth not being clean and just eating crappy processed candy. And we're walking around this stone village. Everyone's like trying to bring me into like their places to buy their food because there's no tourists there. And like, I see a pregnant woman and she's gonna have a baby and she doesn't have anywhere to live. And I realized like I wanted to be someone that could uplift others. I wanted to hopefully inspire people the same way that these people were inspiring me to see that happiness doesn't come from things and achievements. It's not what it's about. And then I was like, 
I know what to do. So I hopped in my car and I drove to the bank and I went up to the teller at the bank and I was like, hi, I like a cashier's check. And I came in here last week and I put in a check for X amount of dollars and I, I like that. So she gives me the cashier's check and I head to the post office and like every part of me is like, no, don't do it, don't do that, don't do that. Uh, and this other part of me is like, fills out the cashier's check envelope and writes a note to the chief of the village that I met and use this for the kids. Like take it in blue ink and like lick the envelope and like this other part's like, no, 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 don't do that. And like this other part of me like, well, I'm still 317 on Amazon rankings overall. This won't be that bad. And I was like, okay, I just gotta do it. And I put it in the envelope. I put the, the envelope away and send it out. And I walk away like two feet taller, like the feeling just stayed with me. And it was so it was prompted out of remembering why it is that I did it. So, um, yeah, it's something that, you know, I, I, it feels cool to do something. The story was inspired. The book was inspired by people like this, you know, the people that I met. So that's really what prompted it was seeing what actually matters and what actually gives my life meaning that it's probably about more than paychecks, achievements and social status. So there are people listening to this and they're like, this is great. I mean, you're what, 23, you don't have kids, you don't really have a job. I mean, you're a writer, like you opted out of all of that. That's great for you, Jake. But not for me. I've got a job. I've got kids. I've got responsibilities like, you know, fun story. I'm going to go back and start watching TV or, you know, do whatever I'm going to do. What would you say to someone who, who's, who's having that feeling come up for? I mean, the first thing that I, you know, my message isn't about quitting everything and doing your own thing. But at the end of the day, the Gallup polls came in for fall 2014 and 73% of Americans came back and said they're actively disengaged from their jobs. 73% of us are showing up somewhere every day that we don't want to be. And I think we can find so much more meaning out of our lives and not be in a perpetual case of the Mondays or not be in a perpetual state of it's all about the most hours that I work that maybe we can even find without quitting our jobs and doing things. We can find more meaning by being of value, you know, smiling at the cashier, finding a way to be that person that may not be the MVP of sales in the office, but maybe they're the MVP of positivity in the office. Like, these things matter. These are the things that are actually are the things that we're going to think about on our deathbed. So I'm not here to convince anyone of anything, but I mean, we all know in our hearts whether we're really living to the greatest capability that we have, you know. Let's talk about a lot of the literature, say, in personal development and sort of success mindsets and so on. There's a lot of really great tropes, ideas, insights. Which of those did you find really didn't work for you? The definition of success, I think, is hollow, dry, and is like grabbing out a whisper of wind and thinking you can take it back with you. You can't. It's a house of cards. At the end of the day, I believe success is, is feeling content within ourselves, happy within ourselves. And, and so I think... At first, recognizing so many of the uh, success things because they sell is about the next car, the next house, the next million, the next this. It's a constant state of next. And that's how we sell things. So I think for me was recognizing like it's it's much more for me about the why. And I personally have found a lot more peace within myself when I can reflect on the why. It's a good question. Yeah, it reminds me of yeah Simon Sinek's great book, Start With Why, um, that talks you know about some of that. So I always go back to the why and the mission, the purpose. Yeah, 
I think it's I think it's important. I think that that's why 73% of Americans are actively disengaged from their jobs and 2 million Americans are quitting their jobs every single month because they don't like them. Like that's saying something. And I don't think it we necessarily need to quit, but I think if we can find the meaning in those little things, it can do a lot for us. What project that you're working on right now has you really excited? A lot. I'm excited about a lot of things. Uh, I'm, I'm working on a new book right now um, that's uh, called I Care, um, How to Be an Everyday Hero and Work in Life. And it's not about success or goals. It's about what we've just been talking about, being someone of value. You know, the U.S. is estimated of losing $550 billion in productivity loss every year from, from people that are showing up disengaged at work. So the book is really about um, maximizing productivity um, and fulfillment, you know, that they should be go hand in hand. Like gross domestic happiness is just important as like, our ultimate sales, I believe. And when, when we're in a more happy peace of mind space, we can actually increase productivity. So the new book, I'm really excited about bringing that type of idea, um, which I think is really unique right now. So I'm excited about that. I'm doing like 50 high schools this spring and I'm seeing the Warp Tour and we're creating a TV show called Seeking Everyday Heroes. And we're gonna be highlighting the stories of people across the world that are being everyday heroes in their communities, making a difference, um, sometimes against all odds, sometimes, you know, uh, it's a totally different case, but really excited about that. So um, it's got a, Man, a manager I really love. Um, I just got signed to CIA actually with uh, Simon uh, and the same speakers agency. So I'm really excited about that. I'm really grateful. So those are the things like I'm really excited that are going to start developing uh, bigger and bigger this year, I feel. What's the biggest, most unanticipated challenge that you're currently facing? Huh. The biggest, most unanticipated challenge that I'm currently facing is probably that I don't like using Facebook and Twitter and checking my email. I don't like it at all. Uh, I, I do it and, uh, and it's helped me so much. I'm so grateful for it. Um, and I have this crook thing where like, I don't want someone else to post for me because I feel the energy isn't there. So that's an interesting thing for me. So I actually post way less but I actually get way more hits on everything I post now because there's way more intention into everything. So I think that was a big thing and getting to this space of like, where do I actually want to spend my time? And um, for the month of January with the book out, I was, re I was in response mode, reaction mode to so many things happening. And now it's February and I'm like, do I want to stay in that space? No, no, I like to wake up, not check my email, not check my phone, not go on Facebook and write. And if I do those things before, it inhibits what I'm actually best at. So I think the most unanticipated thing is um, that I didn't realize that life was going to be calling me so quickly to make a decision of where I want to spend my time. Because at the end of the day, like we seriously only have 24 hours. And um, a lot of times I found that doing busy work actually makes me less productive and accomplishing one bigger creative task can get me further. So I'd say that and realizing where I want to spend my time. Yeah, sometimes people get frustrated with me because I um, tell them that like, you know, it's really the first things first from um, Stephen Covey is like, if you really take those things that matter and start finishing them before these other things, it's not saying that 
email and Facebook and phone calls and meetings aren't important. They are important. And those are the things that will pop up and they will sort of overrun your schedule on their own. But the things that matter most won't. They're just kind of sitting there waiting on you to decide them. And so you really have to prioritize how that goes. And, and, and um, what's the saying go? I'm going to screw it up. But it's, um, it's, not to ske- it's not to prioritize your schedule. It's to schedule your priorities. Nice. Yeah, man, for sure. And so exactly. You, you've got to make some choices. And I think some people think that not making the choice about it is like it's a free sort of lunch. Like yeah. I, I didn't choose. No, you actually did choose it. You actually did choose to do this rather than that. And so what lies in our power to do lies in our power not to do. That one's from Aristotle, but a whole nother line of, of quotes there. So thanks for sharing that with us. Because, I mean, you know, this reminds me, I was talking to um, Jonathan and Quinn recently on an interview. And what surprises them is how many people want to join their journey. And they hadn't anticipated that. And, I, and there's some similarity between what you just said. That there's a lot of people that want to join your journey and want to be involved and they show up through Facebook, they show up through email, so on and so forth. And sometimes we're not ready for that, right? I'm definitely not that component. I just don't like sitting on the, I don't feel I'm most creative there. I, I, I believe that like this was going to, that's the only thing that kept me going. It's like I felt people would connect to this. So I'm definitely not surprised by the response because I think, I think the belief is an important element. For me, it's, I think I just don't want to sit in a desk at the computer and like, (laughs) yeah, it's the method by which they showed up there. They got you, not necessarily that they would show up. So, I mean, things we don't think about. Um, Alrighty. So wrapping things up, if people could only remember one thing about you um, from this particular episode, what would that be? If they could only remember one thing, it'd be what my definition of successes is finding your gift and sharing it with others. Alrighty, Jake, thanks so much for joining us today. I'll link up to Jake's website and some of his books in the show notes. So if you're interested in that, check us out and you'll go directly there. So again, thanks so much for joining us today. Charlie, thank you for having me. Alrighty, Creative Giants, I've just had a great conversation with Jake. So what can you do today to find and live that life of success on your own terms? What does that look like for you? And rather than just thinking about it, do something about it. Alrighty, until next time, stand tall. Thanks for listening to the Creative Giant Show. To find more tools and inspiration for creative giants, head on over to ProductiveFlourishing.com. Stand tall, Creative Giant.